What's up, everybody? Lamar Jackson and some anonymous defensive coordinator are feuding, we'll go with. Uh, and also some weird stuff about that new Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray contract. And boy, howdy, we have thoughts here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked on NFL podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, free and available on all platforms. It's Tuesday. That means you get me, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL. And filling in for Ross Jackson, who's currently circling the globe at 10,000 miles per hour, is David Harrison. At D Harrison eighty two does locked on commanders locked on bucks I do locked on Vikings, uh, David. Thank you so much for hanging out today. We are going to talk about uh, Lamar Jackson and some interesting ideas and thoughts still floating around the league about him as a an unorthodox quarterback. And I think we're going to spend a lot of time going over the Kyler Murray thing that came out from Ian Rappaport on Monday about some provisions in his contract. I know you have a lot of thoughts, David. Keep a keep a lid on it for just a minute because I want to talk about this Lamar Jackson thing. Um, so at The Athletic, they do an annual... I talked to a bunch of GMs and executives and coaches and stuff, and here's the annual QB tier list right. based on opinions from people around the league. And in that article... There were a lot of interesting, if, whoever your quarterback is, go check that article out. But the one that stuck out and really got a lot of traction was about Lamar Jackson, an anonymous mm. defensive coordinator essentially saying, I don't care if he wins 12 MVPs, but he's never going to be a one to me. He's never going to be a one tier quarterback to me. Um, and the reasons for that are the reasons it's always been for Lamar Jackson. It's always about how he's not a pure passer and th people think that hey you know if, if you can just make it so the Ravens have to throw then Lamar Jackson can't win you the game I don't know David do you agree with that do you think that if you can for what you know somehow take away those option power read runs for the for the Ravens turn Lamar Jackson into a pure pocket passer that he can win the game or is that a blueprint to beat the Ravens I think it's it's a little bit of a of a weird proposition, right? Because honestly, no quarterback does it by itself by himself. And and, and you know, and we go back to the whole wins and losses aren't quarterback stats. And and I, I'm a subscriber to that uh, that idea because it's just it just is what it is. Like every quarterback needs support, whether that is an elite defense on one side of the on the other side of the ball, or elite weapons, you know, on on his side of the ball. No quarterback can go out here and do it alone. You look at what Tom Brady has had. People like to point this out all the time when they say he's not really the greatest quarterback to ever play the game because a lot of his championships he's had top 12 or I think at worst like top 15 uh, defenses in the league or when he's made a playoff run and, and you know some record setting runs he's had guys like Randy Moss uh, and all that stuff. Now, the great quarterbacks in the NFL still make – their teammates look better, right? Like their players. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like Dion Branch. Dion Branch doesn't do what he did with the Patriots with another quarterback uh, or another guy. And, you know, in, in the, the world of reality, you don't know that because he didn't play with other quarterbacks while he was playing with Brady. But you just have that feeling from an analysis and evaluation standpoint. That's kind of where I that's where I fall short of Lamar Jackson being like this top shelf quarterback in the National Football League. When I watch Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, 
I don't think he makes anybody really better. I think that he makes his team better because of what he does. And I think that he has helped change the quarterback game and the way that defenses have to approach specific quarterback schemes. And in a lot of ways, uh, the likes of him, Patrick Mahomes, uh, even Josh Allen, you know, he's not as nimble, but he's certainly a mobile kind of a young Ben Roethlisberger, but better uh, type of athlete. They're changing the way the defenses are being built and they're changing the way the defenders have to play the game. So from like an impact and, and all that, absolutely. But if I have to put Lamar Jack, you kind of go back to like the rating, like the scariest quarterbacks in the NFL. If the game is on the line, two minute warning or two minute drill, you have to have a touchdown. You got one timeout. I'm not as afraid of Lamar Jackson as I am a lot of other quarterbacks in the National Football League. Hmm. I don't think saying that is disrespectful. I think the way that this coach, this coordinator said it is what has people <laughs> stirred up. There's one thing with saying, yeah. I just don't believe you're like the top three, top five guys in that type of a situation. And there's another thing saying like this dude doesn't really do anything as a quarterback because he definitely does work as a quarterback. He just may not be at the top of the of the league in that in that aspect. Yeah, and this is where it comes down for me with Lamar Jackson. There's nobody in the league like him, and preparing for him and playing against him is unlike playing against anybody in the league. The closest one would be somebody like who we're going to talk about later, Kyler Murray, but these kind of option quarterbacks that are a threat on their own and add a dimension to that game, this is not just a scrambler that's extending plays. This isn't just a Russell Wilson buying time and it's sort of this little side thing to his game. No, the Ravens are built around that. And I think Lamar Jackson gets unfairly criticized for the fact that the Ravens are built around him. And like that, if you ran the Ravens, you would want to do that too. <laughs> like, why would you? So sure. You wouldn't ask Lamar Jackson to be a, a, a Matt Ryan esque pocket passer. Holy crap. Why would you do that? That would be the dumbest thing imaginable. Um, not because of something he can't do, but because of stuff he can do that you wouldn't be using. So that's where I, I think people get tripped up and they assume like, hey, if Lamar Jackson had to play a straight up game, I don't know. I could be wrong. I think he could play that game if that were the way it was. If they decided, all right, rules are different. No more quarterbacks outside the pocket. They're taking too many hits. I don't think Lamar Jackson retires immediately. I think he's still got some game with that. Um, but because there is that extra dimension, that power read, and because it can be power read this is not the Colin Kaepernick read option that that's been around now for you know decades this is a, a very specific and difficult to defend thing that essentially attaches a new wrinkle to every single thing in their run game playbook nobody else has that and it's why I'm like kind of a rankings atheist as I tweeted that I'm, I, I don't like rankings and I think trying to put Lamar Jackson on a list that puts him somewhere relative to Matt Ryan is completely fruitless if you put Lamar Jackson in Atlanta and you put Matt Ryan in Baltimore both teams get worse I don't know who you say who who that means is the better quarterback I honestly don't care what's interesting to me is examining what Baltimore does to make the most out of Lamar Jackson and it's why like I'm not that into the tears articles and stuff um and I get the people love it that's, that's fine mm -hmm. but for me I, I'm a lot like qualify before you quantify what is it about Lamar Jackson that you're looking at before deciding right. how much that moves him up or, or down in the rankings yeah absolutely and, it, and I think people have to temper their expectations too based off of what you're expecting from a quarterback and what his team is asking of him right so you, so you look at uh, you, you look at the the Baltimore Ravens under Joe Flacco, same team, different quarterback, right? And people talk all the time about you need a franchise quarterback. You need a franchise quarterback. 
Uh, and then, you know, the the antithesis to that is guys like Joe Flacco or Brad Johnson and all those things. But who says those aren't franchise Brad quarterbacks? Johnson. That that franchise, yeah, uh, that Baltimore Ravens franchise, they needed a franchise quarterback that went out there, managed the game, didn't lose it for them, and controlled the ball and, and protected the ball as best as possible. That's what Joe Flacco did. So I would argue that for the Baltimore Ravens in those years, he was a franchise quarterback. He was exactly what that franchise needed him to be for sure. Brad and they Johnson were built around him. Ex- absolutely. The Brad Johnson was exactly what the Buccaneers needed him to be there in the early 2000s to get that Super Bowl win. Lamar Jackson may not be, you know, throwing the ball for you. You look at the past three years and Lamar Jackson, you know, his, his 7.6 yards per attempt may not impress everybody, but that's, that's one of the, that's, that's the best of the last three years for any quarterback that's thrown more than a thousand yards or a thousand passes, not a thousand yards. You know what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. when he is, is asked to throw the ball, when he's asked to push the ball downfield, has he shown that he's capable? Absolutely. But they've also, like you said, they've built a team. I mean, this, this Ravens team has like four running backs when they're all healthy that they like to rotate in and out because mm-hmm. they like to keep the short game and the ground game going to control the clock and to keep their offense on the field as long as possible. Yeah. That's and going to, to function- naturally and to function like a West Coast offense. It's kind of Absolutely. dinks and dunks and, and keep the chains moving and all that stuff. That's yeah. going to naturally decrease some of these numbers. But then you also look at he's he's only thrown 28 interceptions in the last in the last three years. You know what I mean? That's one mm-hmm. of the best interception rates of a quarterback. Meanwhile, he's throwing 78 touchdowns. Like what more do people want from him to show that he is a quarterback in the National Football League? Exactly. Impressive to avoid bringing up Trent Dilfer, which is a decision I agree with in that going for Brad Johnson since it's a Ravens conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are my two go-tos, Joe Flacco and 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 uh, Brad Johnson. So Brad Johnson. Yeah. I don't know who this defense coordinator is. There was a rumor on for a minute on Twitter. Uh people thought it might be Jack Del Rio, the Washington Commanders defense coordinator. It feels coordinator. like it's Jack Del Rio. It could but be nobody Jack knows. Del- it's just kind of smells like Jack Del Rio. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually wondering one of the uh one of the Washington Post or NBC Sports Washington guys will probably ask him on Wednesday uh if it was him or not and mm-hmm. I don't know. Jack's not a. I don't know if people have noticed this or not, but Jack doesn't hold back very often. So <laughs> if it was him, he may very well admit uh, to it being him. But something that we don't need to get uh, an admission about, uh, Luke, is is uh, a very interesting addendum in Kyler Murray's new, uh, really really expensive contract. So we're going to talk about that here in a minute. And speaking of money, we're going to talk about our friends over at Dave because we, Kyler Murray, has not at least not as an NFL professional, but maybe before that. But we have been in situations, of course. At some point in our lives when we're a little tight on cash and maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank, especially uh, this time in, in our country. Or maybe you've you got an event coming up and you're wondering how you're going to afford a gift that's going to stack up to the expectations of that social event. Well, that's where Dave can help you because if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be extra stressful when unexpected expenses come up. So now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. What if you could ask your future self for a little help? Would you ask them for a loan? Maybe borrow a couple hundred bucks, 500 bucks? I know I would sometimes. And if you want to, now you can do that with Dave because Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with their extra cash program. That's more money to fill your tank, buy that gift, or catch up on those bills. Finally, tackle those expenses that you have been stressing out about the most. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get that financial relief. So if you're in a pinch, and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as an extra helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly 
For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Thank you all so much for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day. So now I want to jump into this Kyler Murray thing. So for those who are uninitiated, um, Ian Rappaport revealed a clause in Kyler Murray's brand spanking new big old contract that he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. This is a contract signed through 2028. This is long-term commitment. And in it, there is a provision that Kyler Murray must spend during the season four hours per week in independent study. This is film study or game plan study or whatever um, that goes beyond meeting rooms. So mandatory meetings and stuff don't count. This is time he has to spend on his own four hours per week. And if he doesn't do that, the language in the contract, I'm no, I'm no lawyer, but the language in the contract feels like that could default guarantees. Like he could actually be like, that could be a sticking point f- with money being fought over at some point in the future. Did Kyler Murray spend enough time on his iPad throughout the week? David, mm. I've heard you have thoughts. Yeah, I mean, listen, full I'm, full disclosure, I was not a Kyler Murray fan coming out of out of college, coming into the NFL draft uh, in 2019. Uh, I did, you know, not a, not of the person. I don't know the guy. I don't know the young man. You know what I mean? So I, this isn't a personal thing, but just looking at his game, it just is a very college game. It was a very freelancing kind of freewheeling. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. Very entertaining to watch. And I mean, if, if it's a Saturday afternoon, there's not a lot of better ways you can spend your Saturday afternoon. But when you're talking about the NFL game, it's a little bit more sophisticated. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit more advanced on the mental side of things. Now, that is where I had the concerns for Kyler Murray. We were talking about this a little bit pre-recording that, you know, the mental agility and acuity football IQ of a quarterback is very, very important. Especially you want to talk about like the Lamar Jackson comments when you're getting to the playoffs, you're going up against the best of the best. Typically, you're going to run into the top one or two defenses in the National Football League at some point in time if you're trying to go on that road to the uh, to the Super Bowl. And we saw what happened against the Los Angeles Rams in that type of pressure situation. Now, it's not all on Kyler, but he made a lot of very, very bad mistakes uh, in that game. So this is a quarterback, and, and I preface all of this because it's important, right? So when the contract news came out, it was ridiculous. This is this is one of the most overpaid contracts that that I've ever seen in my lifetime in the National Football League, and I know that prices are going up. But You're understand, to a Vikings fan, man. This man, yeah, that's true. This man, Kyler Murray, holds a hundred and ten million dollar dead cap number in twenty twenty two, a ninety seven million dollar dead cap number next year, eighty one million the year after that, thirty three million in twenty twenty five, twenty million in twenty twenty six. So five years into this deal is when the Arizona Cardinals could even think about trying to get out of this thing outside of an Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan situation where you're like, you know what? We're just going to be a really bad team for a couple of years, guys. Bite down, bear through it. But if you're trying to put together a winning franchise at all, Kyler Murray has to become a top five quarterback, period. Like because of this money, Kyler Murray has to become a top five quarterback. If he doesn't, you're not going to get your value back. And when you look at the production and you look what he's done, he's top 10 in a lot of things. And I will admit, I didn't expect that when he was coming to the NFL. I was thinking top 15, maybe at the best. So he's top 10 in a lot of things. But he's also top 10 in turnovers. He's also top 10 in his sack rate, right? He's top 10 in a lot of bad things as well. So there's a lot to be desired and there's a lot to be 
built around this young quarterback. And then you have the stories after the postseason, after their exit, where he wasn't happy getting whatever blame he was was getting. And again, quarterbacks, you know, wins and losses are not quarterback stats. But let's be real here. Like, Luke, you you host a podcast. You host a show on the most Arguably. the most successful podcast network around. Nice. So we get a good amount of attention. And we and we like that attention. We love that attention. We like connecting with people. But sometimes connecting with people is dirty, right? And sometimes people are nasty. Sometimes Luke, a guy showed up late to work, his boss got mad at him. He got the he got the bad detail at work or whatever. He got the bad job at detail. Nobody wants to take out everybody's trash or something. And then on his way home, he was late. The store was closed before he could pick up the milk. His wife yelled at him and his kid beat him in Fortnite. I don't know. So he jumps on locks on Vikings. He just needs to be mad at Luke Braun. You know what I mean? Like, he just needs to be mad at Luke Braun. That's part of the gig. And you understand that. I understand yeah, of that. Of course. Ross yeah. understands that. We all understand that. Kyler Murray does not understand that for his gig, the job that he wants, there is a downside. Like, it's not all love and rainbows and autographs, brother. You are going to get your butt kicked, and you are going to be blamed for some things that maybe you don't deserve blame for. But guess what? You're also going to get a whole lot of praise when DeAndre Hopkins climbs the ladder and jumps over two Bills defenders on a pass that you had no business throwing except for the fact that it was at the end of the game. And everybody praises you because what an amazing throw. And in my opinion, it's a more amazing catch. Anyway, I say all that to say this. If you are paying a guy this much money, $230 million, Luke, you should not have to make sure that this man goes home and does his homework. Period. Like, that's college, bro. That is. It's a big crimson red flag. And you know what college is? Cardinal red, you might say. You know what college? Yeah, cardinal red. College is amateur. This is amateur hour. (laughs) That's what this contract says, is that you are an amateur. You're not a professional. If you are a professional, you don't have to have someone hold your hand and force you to be prepared to come to work the next day. And before anybody says who wants to go home and work on their off time and da da da, we're talking about preparing for work. If yeah, you in season, there's no such thing as off time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's if, just if, the way if the you're NFL a professional, is. right? If you're a professional and you don't, let's say you're a doctor, let's go to a different profession, let's go to a doctor and you don't set out clean scrubs for the next day, you don't set out your files for the next day for the cases that you have, or the, you know, if you're, a, I don't know if you're a surgeon or whatever and all these things. If you don't do that preparation, you're going to fail. If Luke Braun doesn't, if you just hit record and say, okay, let's talk Vikings. Welcome to Locked on Vikings podcast. We're talking Vikings. You're not going to be very successful, Luke. And Ross Jackson (laughs) is going to have to renew your contract with an addendum in it and say, Luke Braun will spend at least 40 minutes a day preparing his show. And everybody else in the network that knows that this is public knowledge will say, man, Luke Braun's not very professional. So again, it's amateurish, man. It's just, it's amateurish. It shouldn't be happening to a $230 million man. There's so much to break down about it too, because you're right. That is an insane thing to have to mandate, right? That should be expected. No questions asked. You should not have to put that in the freaking contract. But there's also the idea of a Kyler Murray signing something like that is kind of interesting and talking about it from his perspective of, you know, his this is a weird relationship and committing to it is just as weird for him as it is for the Cardinals. And then the idea of this actually becoming public via Ian Rappaport, I think, says some uh, interesting things. That's too. a big thing, too. I will say one thing, just looking at Kyler Murray, the, the contract structure itself, it seems like this is going to 
this would be tradable in a few years. There's a lot of dead cap and somebody might have to buy into it. But this, um, I don't know how locked in they are um, with regard to a trade, but then somebody's got to be willing to trade it. And then, you know, if he's a total catastrophe, you're going to have to Osweiler it or whatever. Obviously not ideal, but it's better than just eating $90 million in dead cap or whatever. But I want to go into the the drama of this because it's a a terrible thing to have to, like, it just seems like it's coming off on, on totally on the wrong foot. So let's uh, get into that in just a second. Continuing on with the Locked On NFL podcast, I'm here with a very heated David Harrison. Uh, I am Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings. David does Locked On Bucks and Locked On Commanders. So here's the what like the first thought I had was this is hilarious when I saw this this yeah, this clause like absolutely. how hilarious they actually stipulated that if you play video games while your iPad is playing tape it doesn't count they put that in the co- that's in ink that is notarized how funny what? is that lawyers <laughs> NFL <laughs> lawyers and NFL agents went over those do- those like oh, extremely man. serious people had to draft that and approve it and agree on it. But that's the thing is Kyler Murray agreeing to this. It's such a patronizing thing. And Kyler Murray has been whatever he's been for the Cardinals. And I think I'm way higher on him than you are. And that's fine. Um, But he has got to this point where you're negotiating, uh, you know, quarter of a billion dollar contract and you're letting him put stuff like this in there. Man, that would be a sticking point. But I guess, I don't know if they say we'll put three, 30 million more if you agree to this. I guess you would. But it yeah. just seems like such a toxic relationship. Like, I, I, I right. there's just no way this contract gets played out, right? No I don't way see in how. hell does this thing how. make it past 2025. He's going to, he's got to be traded before then. Things are yeah, just, they're yeah. so toxic in Arizona already like you mentioned after the the playoff loss people are pointing fingers that is always the harbinger of worse things people are are blaming each other now they're having to stipulate and then what what kills me about this Ian Rappaport very often is a team mouthpiece the way Adam Schefter Mm -hmm. is is for agents this is how these guys get their information hey you know if you tell me things if you let me be the guy to break it I'll break it exactly the way you want it broken Um, it's just it's how their business is. And whenever I see something from Ian Rappaport, my first thought is unless otherwise stipulated or unless I find out otherwise, I'm pretty much going to assume this came from the team or, or a source within the team. Right. So this is where Alex Clancy at Lockdown Cardinals and other people in Cardinals media and the, the sphere have been super like they've been trying to figure out, OK, how on earth did this leak? Because this makes both parties look utterly awful right this makes the cardinals look like overbearing micromanagers and makes kyler murray look like this total like lazy child that needs to be handheld um who did that who's going scorched earth right and that there is enough discord in the cardinals that either people are so out of touch with public relations that they think leaking it's a good idea or that somebody is trying to sow that much chaos either way this feels like an organization that is on the precipice of complete and total collapse, which is a buck wild thing to say about an organization that just locked up a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And just went to the playoffs, but Deandre Hopkins not playing the first six games is going to be a huge part of this because I mean, that's, that's your, that's your best offensive player to support this quarterback that's gone. And so now you're really going to find out just how good is this quarterback? You know what I mean? Because, uh, 
you know, and, and how good are his teammates as well? Again, I don't want I want to put everything on Kyler's shoulders because he's one of eleven guys on the field at any given time. They all have a job to do. But again, you're talking about a guy that doesn't elevate the people around him. The people around him elevate him, and that's that's kind of the crux of of the of the of the issue. Here. And then you have the maturity issues. I mean, the Cleveland Browns wouldn't give this money to Baker Mayfield. A little surprised at who they gave the money to, you know, as well. <laughs> But um, that's a different conversation. That's, that's a whole other episode. You know what I mean? That maybe we'll get into at some point yeah. in time. Um, but, you know, when when you have like the bottom line is when you're the quarterback of an NFL team, you're a leader, period. Um, how you lead is up to you, but you are a leader. And, and I and I usually go a different route with this. that says just because you're in a leadership position doesn't make you a leader. Right. Like uh, I love I love Ross Jackson. He's a leader in our network and he is a leader. There are some other people mm-hmm. who may have held his position before that weren't leaders. They're in a leadership position. Doesn't mean you're you're a leader just automatically. It doesn't just poof happen. As the quarterback, you're a leader. If you're a bad leader, your team has bad leadership. If you're a good leader, your team has good leadership. And when you are immature, you have no work ethic or minimal work ethic, and you're not willing to accept your role or your your role in, in what's going negatively, or at least your role in how to take that negative and turn it into a positive your team is going to to mimic the same types of behavior. And I just I don't see how the the Arizona Cardinals get out of this alive. I don't see how Cliff Kingsbury gets out of this with his current position. That's uh, my next tact. thing, yeah. Yeah, and whoever comes in after them, Kyler Murray wasn't your guy. You know what I mean? And we see this happen time and time again. So. Yeah, th- this is the way that it that teams get stressed, right? There's there's a stress on the fracture. Um, is when things aren't going great. Now, look, Cardinals are in a real tough division. They've got the defending Super Bowl champions and the defending NFC runner-ups, right? Yeah. And they're, uh, by bet online, they are favored to be third in that division. It's going to be a tough road, and you don't yeah. have DeAndre Hopkins for all of it. Cliff Kingsbury is, I don't know, listen to Alex Clancy talk about mm. him. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the deal. I've been looking through Vikings history a lot for personal project. Um, and the pattern I've noticed throughout, you know, all 60 years of at least just this one franchise is the most success that they have had is when the coach lets guys be themselves. Yeah. Um, the famous story is Paul Krause go all the way back to the second seventies, who was, um, very much a free safety. He was very much a back off center fielder type. He was a little small. His tackling was not his strength. And the, uh, he was in Washington to start his career. Otto Graham wanted him to be mm-hmm. a versatile safety and to be a hard hitter and a tackler and be a box safety and r- fit the run and all that stuff. And it wasn't what he was the best at. And so Otto Graham was willing to basically dump him for peanuts. And then he became, you know, Paul Krause when Bud Grant let him be him. And there's all kinds of stories of, of that all throughout the NFL. I'm sure with um, the commanders themselves, there's stories like that. And I, my concern for the Cardinals, if I were to have to predict how this all falls apart, is you lose a couple games to start the season. Kyler Murray's run around improv kind of recess style um, doesn't work. The option stuff Cliff Kingberry has him doing doesn't work when you don't have DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. You have to start to redraw things. You have to start to redraw lines around Kyler Murray. You have to start forcing him to play a kind of game. And then suddenly he's not being himself and you lose more games. And when you lose games, the already palpable tension inside that organization bursts into flame. And then suddenly the Cardinals are, you know, Kyler Murray's demanding a trade and you have these, this horrific contract you have to get rid of. You're going to eat 
hilarious dead money trying to get rid of it and then you end up getting a fifth round pick back and it's just like this horrible situation where you have no leverage not unlike what the browns just went through which they very much brought upon themselves yeah um that if i had to predict it that's that's how i see it going down or you let kyler murray be himself for better or worse he's a gamer he got picked number one overall for a reason and you just like ride that into hell and maybe you come out the other side with a little bit more success but if you're going to lock your franchise into kyler murray like this you gotta trust him to play the game the way he plays it and it's pretty clear that the cardinals don't maybe they're justified in not doing so but then you probably shouldn't have done this in the first place yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the bottom line to it is, like you said, it's 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 a toxic environment. It's a toxic arrangement. It, it reminds me of a wedding, you know, with a couple where, you know, the, the one is is obviously not doing what they're supposed to do when they're not around their significant other. And but they're still going to get married because they swear that, you know, once we're married, like I can have the I can have the code to their cell phone. I can have the password to their email and they're not they're not going to change it on, you know, like that's that's fantastic. Enjoy your day, mm-hmm. but it's not going to last very long. Um because there's a mechanism here. Like, I don't know what the mechanism is, but I promise you the mechanism of the franchise ensuring that these clauses are met is not Kyler coming in and someone asking him, hey, did you do your homework? And he says, yeah, I did my homework. There's a tracker on that iPad. There's something. Uh, yeah, there's, there, par- there's parental apps for that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There is a mechanism for the team to track their investment and to make sure that he is doing his part. And what that what that does is it, it puts... It's, it's a very untrustworthy environment. It, it doesn't build trust. It doesn't build mm-hmm. cohesiveness. It's not us together. It's me versus you. You know what I mean? And yeah. honestly, There's this just is kind no of situation yeah. where I could almost see him not doing it for the purpose of, I want to know if they actually check it. I want to know if they actually check this mechanism. And then when you do it, now it turns into, well, I did it on purpose because I wanted to see if you were actually going to check on me or if you trusted me. You know, da, da da da, and it's just, and the fact that that possible conversation could happen, like this is just. It's, I it's love such that. A ridiculous That's now what I want to happen. And then, like you said, <laughs> someone put this out for a reason. I have media access mm-hmm. to the NFLPA. I have the exact same media access that Ian Rapport has. What I don't have access to is is all of the people that he has access to to get this information secretly. Someone sent him that for a reason, and it's not because they support Kyler Murray. Period. Like, yeah. like, there's no yeah. like, no other spin is needed. Someone on the inside got that document, knew it was in there. They didn't stumble upon this thing in an NFL contract. They knew it was in there. They knew where it was. They went, they got it, and they put it out to a guy that would make it public news for a reason. And that reason is not that they think Kyler Murray is this amazing leader who's going to take the Arizona Cardinals to the Super Bowl. It's just not. I hope we're wrong here. I really do. I loved watching the Cardinals last year. I thought they were one of the yeah, most fun teams fun. in the league. Win oh, or lose, absolutely. they are a blast. They're great TV, and I hope that I hope it works out for them. Um, but I don't know. It just feels like chapter nine hundred of like dark Arizona Cardinals lore yeah. is beginning, if and Ari- another storm cloud Kyler is coming, Murray, and they're going back to the bits. <laughs> if Kyler Murray leads the Arizona Cardinals to the Super Bowl, I will buy an autographed eight by ten or whatever of him and I will put it in the background of my set for as long as I'm doing <laughs> podcasts. Literally. All right. You heard it green. here first. 
and you've said it on the internet, that means uh, it can't be, it is permanent. permanent. That might as well be written in Sharpie. Um, on that, tomorrow, uh, that is it's a backup, Wednesday, though, that means you're going to get. He can't be a backup. Just Oh, he's got to start the game. He's got to be All a right, starter. He go. can't be the backup. He can't. Tom Brady can't come in next year and win a Super Bowl, and Kyler gets a ring. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got he's got to be the quarterback of that team. How, what about, like, Nick Folesing it? Does that count? If you know what, I will even say this: If the team clinched a playoff berth before he gets injured, I will still, I will still honor that deal. Gotcha. Okay. Because um, it's not going to happen. Well, you heard it here. That <laughs> it's it's in Sharpie now. Um, tomorrow you get Tony and James. It's Wednesday. Um, they will come in talk about whatever the next crazy drama is. I love the juicy gossip we've had this off season. <laughs> for david harrison i am luke braun here on this, this tuesday episode of the locked on nfl podcast free and available on all platforms